Well, good morning, everyone. Happy, happy Tuesday to you all today. And it's so good. I'm so delighted that you've decided to join us for Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. And if you haven't met me yet, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here at Redeeming Life. And we're going to continue this journey that we've been leading through so long, beginning in January, when we decided to set out to survey the entire New Testament over the course of a year, where we've led through the Gospels and through Acts and this journey through the Pauline epistles, some of them very long and very drawn out. But as we've been trudging through all of the, the Pauline epistles, finally getting to a lot of the shorter ones, which is a little bit of a relief, maybe for some of you who like, uh, you know, uh, smaller bits of reading and which I admit uh, is also uh, I find it actually pretty pleasurable to realize that that Paul uh, every single thing that he writes is not as drawn out and elaborate uh, and and sometimes difficult to grasp as books like Romans or Galatians or second Corinthians uh, that he does actually write some rather short letters, including like the one that we're going to have an introduction to today and cover the first chapter of, and that's Second Thessalonians. Now, a book like Second Thessalonians, uh, probably written somewhere in the early AD 50s, uh, probably from Corinth, while, uh, while uh, Paul is probably, he spent about a year and a half in Corinth, which is plenty of time for him to be able to have at least two letters of correspondence from uh, from from Corinth in the south to Thessalonica in the north. Uh, so that's probably one of our best estimates about when it is that Paul is writing this. And the one of the interesting things about Second uh, Thessalonians in that it shares a lot of similarities with uh, with First Thessalonians, uh, thematic connections, uh, one of them being about how to be able to endure under persecution, uh, which is something that Paul knows that even uh, while he's away from the Thessalonians, that uh, living up to, to the faith, even when it costs you and costs you dearly, is something, is a daily reality that the Thessalonians have to face. So that a book like Second uh, Thessalonians is intended to encourage them to have uh, not just have faith, but to have a strong faith, a faith that produces fruit, a faith that can actually endure the test of time. Is this, and that's the sort of faith that you and I need if we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ and if we want to be growing mature disciples. So a book like Second Thessalonians is especially relevant for us today. And uh, as you'll know, you'll read throughout um, th uh, three chapters and actually short chapters at that uh, is a lot about eschatology and the day of judgment, judgment day, the day of the Lord. Uh, and uh, and that, th that Paul, as he's writing in anticipation, thinking about the day of judgment and uh, trying to address what appear to be some issues about consternation uh, and being unsettled about how it is that you can prepare for the day when Jesus returns, which, uh, historically speaking, has been one that's uh, that's been a problem for a lot of us. Uh, where, and and let me explain it this way. Of course, uh, growing up in uh, the Assemblies of God, 
through, uh, you know, most of the 90s, um, I remember uh, many, many, many panic attacks that I had uh, endured, uh, so many of them unnecessary when I thought the rapture had taken place and I had been left behind, and um, and that uh, that was some real, real traumatic experiences and a lot of, of um, you know, flipping through the Rolodex and finding the most holy and Christian person that you can think of and call them because you knew that, that um, come hell or high water, everybody in the world could be going to hell except for that person. That's the person you call, and as long as you can talk to them, you know that the rapture hasn't taken place. Um, that's the sort of thing that I was accustomed to when I was much younger. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's kind of funny and silly to be able to reflect on that and, and actually have a good laugh, uh, about how silly that was. My experience growing up where in order to be able to, to address the issue of anxiety about when Jesus is going to come back. The way to be able to fix it would be to try to figure out and pinpoint a particular time. Because if you can know the time when Jesus is going to be coming, then um, it's easier to prepare for that on, on a time scale. And what I find interesting about uh, a book like Thessalonians, where if, if Paul is addressing that same issue in that same way, he he can only go so far as to... Uh, address um, uh, the issue about about the coming of the Lord that that he wants for them to have peace in their minds about the issue and not to be riddled with anxiety the same way that I was but he doesn't do so in a way that um, that gives you some kind of uh, neatly outlined timetable table of events to say Here's the date when it's happening, and so now, as long as you know the date, now you can know when to prepare for it. He doesn't do that, really. Uh, but he also, he, he, um, he makes known to them at least one thing, or probably two things. Let's say two things. The first thing being that uh, while there have been a few, few people who, are, who have been unsettled, about uh, because they've been told that the day of the Lord has already come and that they've you know missed the mark and that Paul is saying no 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 uh, the day of the Lord hasn't come because when it happens it, there's not going to be any question or any it's it's going to be totally unmistakable clear as the light of 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 day that when it comes it's going to be unmistakable so that if there's any question in your mind as to whether or not it has happened that's indication enough that it hasn't. Uh, so that's one thing. But the second thing, and I think most importantly for, for you and for me and for every one of us, is that Second Thessalonians is written so that we are living today in light of God's purposes. And that's the way in which Paul intends to encourage this church in Thessalonica and to prepare them for a day, even if they know that the day isn't coming, or knowing, knowing when it's coming, rather, that, that they're making their daily choices today in light of God's purposes for them and for all of creation. And if each and every day 
you are living it in light of God's purposes, no matter when that day comes, you will always be ready for it. And that's the message, that's that's the hope that Paul wants for the this, this saints in Thessalonica. And the same thing that he wants for each and every one of us, to not have to live a life that is just suffocated with anxiety or worry about the future. But rather, Paul wants, and what I want for each and every one of us, is that we are living today in light of God's purposes. And as long as we are doing that, you will always, always, always be ready for whenever Jesus returns. And so with that in mind, let's read uh, the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians. And it says this. Uh, I should actually open up to it. There it is. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for one another is increasing. It's a good sign. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you to, who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven and in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and, act, and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a small picture of how even for the Thessalonians, that as they're enduring persecution, that what Paul sees in the example that they've, that they're, that they've set, um, that, that it's worthy of boasting about, is just the sort of example of a people who, um, that because they're willing to be able to endure persecution and suffering for the sake of the name they confess, that that's the sort of people who, who will be prepared for the day when the Lord Jesus comes. And so rather than um, fearing persecution and suffering, 
uh, but rather embracing it because they know the name for who, of whom for for whom that they're suffering uh, should make the matter settled in their minds to know that whenever it is that the Lord comes, that um, that the way that they're living today is just the sort of thing that's preparing them for the day when Jesus comes, and that for that reason they should be encouraged, they should have peace, and they should. Indeed, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may, may be glorified in them and you in him. That is, the Thessalonians, um, their glory, their value, their, um, their honor, their worth um, is all resting principally in Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that's, that's going to hold them even through their time, these times of persecution. So... But with this in mind, I wanted to say thank you for joining us for Daily Devotions for the Redeeming Life Fellowship. I encourage you, if you haven't subscribed, to subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out our podcasts. And uh, I encourage you to support us through this um, church planning work that we've been doing here in Whitley County, in, Hunt in Huntington County. And I pray that uh, in whatever way the Lord calls you, that you become a part of what, what God is doing here in our midst in growing mature disciples and being the sort of people that God has called us to be. So God bless you, take care, and I look forward to seeing you next time.